last year when I first started my A-levels that my dad came home and he said to me, oh, I've been down to the blood donation centre and I donated blood. And then I researched into donating blood and because I knew as myself as a homosexual, was there any taboo around that? You know, it was just a natural instinct for me to research into that. Whilst doing my research, I found out that it was a year-long ban, um, so I couldn't have sexual intercourse for a year um, to actually donate blood. So I was quite gobsmacked by that. Hi, I'm Femi. Hi, I'm Jesse, And that was Lewis. We'll come back to him later. This is a Science Gallery London podcast, part of the Blood Life Uncut season, live from the 27th of July until the 1st of November. In today's podcast, we're asking, is it time to lift the restrictions on gay men donating blood? There is now a danger that has become a threat to us all. It is a deadly disease and there is no known cure. The virus can be passed during sexual intercourse with an infected person. Anyone can get it, man or woman. So far, it's been confined to small groups, but it's spreading. So protect yourself. In 1981, a mysterious disease broke out in the USA. Particularly prevalent amongst intravenous drug users and gay men, it was leaving medical professionals stumped. In 1982, it was given a name. Acquired Immune Deficiency Syndrome, or AIDS. In the following years, AIDS became a global crisis, and internationally, public information campaigns like the one you just heard warned people about the virus, using fear as a means of prevention and highlighting the prevalence of AIDS in minority groups such as the gay community. In the UK, men who have sex with men are banned from donating their blood if they've had sexual intercourse in the past year. Until 2011, this was a lifetime ban. The legislation dates back to the AIDS crisis. It was written when the international blood supply became contaminated with AIDS, hepatitis B and C. My name is Mark Ward. I am the founder of Hemosexual, a, pro- a project to help people with bleeding disorders who identify as LGBT. I'm actually one of t- now only 250 surviving haemophiliacs who was given contaminated blood products infected with HIV. The rest are all dead. Haemophilia is an inherited genetic disorder that impairs the body's ability to form blood clots, making sufferers vulnerable to minor injuries. You know when you get a bruise, with us, the bruises just get bigger and bigger and bigger because the bleeding doesn't stop. We have no way of stopping it until we get the injection of the saturate, which is the clotting agent. In the 1970s, they came up with a miracle treatment. The protein factor 8, which helps the clotting of blood, was extracted from the pooled supply of donated blood plasma and given to haemophiliacs. Sourced from the National Blood Supply in America, it relied on blood collected from prisoners and in centres that paid donors and were usually located in big cities with large gay communities and high rates of intravenous drug use. If you had one person with HIV or hepatitis C or hepatitis B, when that one pint of blood went in, it contaminated the whole 60,000 other units. So when the blood products then were being made, every single bottle was 100% infectious. In the 1980s, the restrictions imposed on certain communities from donating blood were an important part of the strategy to combat the spread of AIDS. But today, all blood that enters the national blood supply is screened. If you have a scientific approach for everybody. Anyone who walks in and, and donates a pint of blood, that blood will be put through the same process 
and they are screened exactly the same way and then if they can't be used for any reason then it's destroyed and that person is, is declined. So is current policy based on the latest science or the legacy of a lasting stigma? We got in touch with Scott Vrecko, a researcher in the Department of Global Health and Medicine at King's College London. There's no denying that rates of HIV infection are higher amongst gay men or men who have sex with men compared to the population at large, but there are also higher rates of HIV infection among ethnic minorities, also people from lo- with lower socioeconomic status. And so the question is why it's okay and still considered acceptable for some of those to be to be singled out for exclusionary policies while for others it's not. This particular policy still sort of allows for a continued form of stigma that's basically treating all gay men as kind of inherently dangerous or or dirty then that reinforces a sense of, of shame um, amongst those amongst those people. What if you're a gay man born after the AIDS crisis? Does that make this policy harder to swallow? Lewis Hearn, an 18-year-old campaigner from Pontypool in Wales, came to tell us why he had got involved in the blood equality campaign. I sort of felt well, degraded, helpless in a way, because I thought I want to do a good deed. It's like I couldn't do anything. If I was the person who needed them blood to improve my health, then, you know, I'd want somebody to be able to give me that. It might seem minor to some people, but something like this, it holds us back as a community. It doesn't make me feel truly equal to everybody else. You know, knowing that my straight friends can go and donate blood whenever they feel like it, and then I can't. Any types of unprotected sex is a risk. In fact, I know quite a few people myself, you know, from being in a in a sick-home environment, you hear a lot of stories, you hear a lot of people who have had unprotected sex, etc, etc. Having sex with someone that you don't know at all, or multiple partners, um, or having sex while using drugs, all of those things are things that, that they're risky for everyone regardless of their, their sexual um, identities or their gender. I have been nightclubbing, I have had friends in the past who have labelled themselves as being straight, heterosexual. At the end of the, the, the night, they didn't actually care what was on their arm, animal, vegetable or mineral. As long as they got their rocks off, they were happy. But because they identified as straight, they could go into a blood donation unit and donate blood. In the UK, the blood donation system is based on trust. If you've donated blood before, you'll know that before donating blood, you were given a questionnaire and a short interview. Which countries have you visited in the last year? Have you had a tattoo in the last six months? Do you use intravenous drugs? Have you had unprotected sex? The list is long and it relies on the honesty of individual donors and rigorous blood screening. Current legislation guards against the risk of a higher prevalence of HIV amongst gay men. But men who have sex with men are not one homogenous community. Some are in monogamous relationships, some are married. Many take great care to use safe sexual practices. Is there another way of guarding against blood contamination? On the global scale, change is happening and the policies of, of places like Spain, Italy and Poland where, where there are no longer guidelines on gay men donating blood, they, there are policies on specific high-risk behaviours. Change is happening, there have been to date almost no 
um, in no cases of, it, of HIV infection happening through in those countries through blood donation as a result of or after these policies have changed. Lewis Hearn started his campaign in 2016, advocating for new legislation that took into account the blood screening technology that is currently in use. The same year, the Blood Donor Equality Bill, which proposed lowering the period of celibacy for gay men wanting to donate blood to three months, was raised by Tim Farron, the leader of the Liberal Democrats at that time. The bill was a private member's bill and it didn't see a second parliamentary reading as Parliament ran out of time. However, the campaign for blood equality is still active. As part of the Blood Life Uncut season, New York artist and campaigner Jordan Eagles is bringing a blood equality light installation to London. Come and discuss this issue and take a blood selfie at Jordan Eagles installation, live at sites around London Bridge from the 27th to the 30th of July. More details about the locations on our website london.sciencegallery.com forward slash blood. And join the conversation online, hashtag blood equality at SciGalleryLearn. You can find out more information on NHS blood policy and the advice they've received from the Terence Higgs Trust in the links attached in the description below. Don't forget to search Blood Life Uncut on iTunes to subscribe and hear the rest of the series. Thanks for listening. Following the making of this podcast, on the 23rd of July 2017, it was announced that blood donation rules for gay men were relaxed in England and Scotland after improvements in the accuracy of testing procedures. Men who have sex with men can now give blood three months after their last sexual activity instead of 12. Thanks for listening.